Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, the podcast where we talk about Kevin Smith and his movies, except for today, we're talking about uh, his TV show, Clerks, well, I I don't know how much he was involved in it, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> Clerks, the animated series. Uh, I'm Ted. Hello, it's Rose. Trevor. <laughs> uh, and today we have a very special guest, Valerie from the Bug Tour. Hi, thank you for having me. Buzz, welcome, buzz, Valerie. buzz, buzz. Skittle, buzz, scattle. Skittle, scale. It's great to have a fellow Kevin Smith scholar uh, on the show this time. Yeah, feels good. Feels good to <laughs> be on. No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, actually, what we watched this week, I I liked. So same. Before we, I think, get too far, have you been watching his other movies? along with the pod i i have been like you guys have actually been like telling me to stop yeah we don't <laughs> yes, we don't recommend stop. it actually actually that's not entirely true because i watched up to chasing amy and after chasing amy i was like i i'm i'm through uh-huh. with this that's where that's where any sane person would stop and turn back and say i can't go any further <laughs> <laughs> yeah the last three have been really rough yes yeah, sounds like it but in the year 2000 a little cartoon show uh, came along uh, called Clerks, the animated series. Basically completely unrelated to the movie, except for it has the same characters. Yeah. It um, doesn't feel anything like a Kevin Smith movie. If anything, the style of humor is more like Family Guy or something, I would say. It doesn't really feel like Kevin Smith was really that involved in writing it. Although he does have writing credits on most of the episodes. I actually found watching this uh, show, what it reminded me of the most was Clone High. Like both uh-huh. in the humor and uh, the animation style of it. Yeah, it's very much in the style of like, yeah, Clone High or like Mission Hill or one of those like late 90s, early 2000s, like cartoons for adults. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of uh, Dexter's Lab for some oh, yeah. reason. Yeah. Because I watched a ton of that as a kid and it came out like a little bit before it and just like the style of it cutting away and all that stuff really just made me think of dexter's lab Uh which i I think made me like it a lot once i like made that connection Mm -hmm. yeah it's a pretty good show and i'm very curious to know how much kevin smith was involved with it because it feels much more like somebody else's production just using kevin smith's characters I did look a little bit into, uh, I, I found an interview of Dave Vandell, who's credited as one of the co-developers like of the show, which is like the Simpsons fan of like, you're the creator, but they call it developer. And mm-hmm. he did like Seinfeld before this. And he, since then he's like, oh, sick. Yeah. And he did like the, what did he do? Uh, he did like the... Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, Curb, and he he show ran the last few seasons of Veep after Armando Iannucci left. Oh, sick! So he actually has like real writing yeah. credits behind him. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Both before and after. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. On a previous episode, uh, I think it was with Mall Rat. I think with both Mall Rats and Dogma, I was commenting on how it feels like with Kevin Smith's productions, he has some interesting ideas, but he's missing kind of the secret ingredient. Like he's missing another voice. And this cartoon felt more like the production of a team. And that made it all feel like yes. a lot more balanced mm-hmm. and a lot more... Um, 
energetic and dynamic than his other projects were. It never got super obnoxious like some of his other stuff does. For sure. Watching this, it immediately became clear to me that like these characters and this general concept is much better suited for like a silly cartoon show than Mm. like a live action movie because, you know, it's more boundless and they can have all these wacky situations or whatever. Whereas in the movie, it's like, uh, and then they played hockey on the roof, you know, (laughs) it's just like, there's just a lot more that they can do, I think, with this format Mm -hmm. and, you know, some decent writers. Yeah. Well, Trev, I, I stand by the original clerks. I, as being I know. I know you do. <laughs> and, and, and what I found cool about the cartoon is that, like, with clerks, part of what I liked about it is that um, it has that very dry, almost art house feeling to it with the black and white and everything. It's so stilted um, with these kind of juvenile characters and the kind of contrast between how almost grim and dry it feels with like how dumb and juvenile the characters are is funny. And in this one, it was the total opposite where what's funny about it is that they are so nonchalant and average and everything around them is just like insane. I think what, what made it work so well is that it wasn't an adult cartoon, but it wasn't like that different from like literal like Saturday morning children's cartoons. Like yeah, there'd mm-hmm. be a scene where you think they're walking up a wall, but really they're just walking across the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a s- scene with like a monkey doing funny things mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and other stuff like that. But then every once in a while they would put in a joke that like you could not do in, in a children's joke. And it would like always sort of catch me. Usually it would catch me off guard and like be pretty funny. Sometimes it was just racist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. Well, that's not, something we can get into. Not definitely. a big fan of that mm-hmm. that, that part. Uh, the cartoon was surprisingly produced by Disney. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, it was actually rated just like, I think like PG or PG-14. But then Comedy Central aired it. And I think on Comedy Central, it got like the TV mature rating. I don't know if they did a different cut of it because I think there is like an uncensored version of the show and a censored version, but they did definitely like hit that line between children's cartoon and like adult cartoon. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Disney actually distributed all of Kevin Smith's uh, earlier movies because uh, Miramax was owned by Disney. Wait, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Except for uh, Dogma, they dropped Dogma because of the controversy. <laughs> so the we- the Weinstein's had to like buy the movie back from Disney so they could release it through a separate company. Uh, but ba- but basically, yeah, he was uh, Kevin was uh, in in the tank for Disney from the beginning, a real company man, and to this day, still he loves their products. That's true. <laughs> he does. It's just amazing how the show just. It's it has like a tone that's like unlike like the the animation is like it's very ahead of its time like it had like the character character designer for Kim Possible and Danny Phantom working on it. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But yeah, I feel like th- this was like at the beginning of that, and like I don't think there's I'm not like an animation expert or anything, but I I feel like there weren't many cartoons that looked like this before this. Yeah. It, it, and also what I was really surprised was like how good the animation quality like was in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like there was 
a lot of like stuff moving like i guess i'm too used to like animated stuff today where it's just absolutely bare amount of effort but i was really like sort of engaged with it the the art style is simple and very blocky but it was still like visually engaging Mm mm-hmm I really don't like the like heavy, the thick like outlines. I don't know. Some, some it's just really uh un- unappealing to me. But you know, it's a minor complaint. The one like thing I did not like was like the eyes thing, where sometimes her eyes would just like bug out and be like huge. Yeah, I sort of did like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like Looney Tunes. <laughs> this was in a time where I feel like adult. Uh, primetime cartoons were kind of on the rise. Uh, Family Guy had started, I mm-hmm. think, the year before this, and uh, uh, you know, South Park was popular, and this was just before I think Adult Swim uh, became a thing. Um, right. So uh, this hit at the right time for me, I think, when I was a kid. I remember watching this on ABC when it was first on, and I loved it because you know I love cartoons, still do. Anyone who knows me knows I like cartoons, and uh, and yeah, it was a pretty pretty silly show with like some grown up humor. Uh, so I was into it at the time, and watching it now, I I didn't remember the show that well, but watching it, like a lot of it, like came back to me, and I remembered enjoying specific jokes and stuff. But I gotta I gotta be honest, uh, I gotta. <laughs> I gotta be true to myself. I gotta be strong. I gotta speak my truth. <laughs> I really didn't like it very much. Oh this no, time <laughs> Trev! I, I was sure that this would be the one you would enjoy. Yeah, I was really expecting that. <laughs> I mean, I did like some of it. Uh, the first couple episodes really fell flat for me. Um, in that, but then I watched uh, more of it today, and like I enjoyed them a little bit more. I think the one with the virus outbreak was probably the funniest one. That was That's my favorite. I really like that one. But there's yeah. so many lame jokes that just fall flat for me. And mm-hmm. like honestly, it is it's a superior product to anything else Kevin Smith has ever been involved with. <laughs> I like, I enjoy watching it a lot more than his movies Uh, i'll definitely say that much but i just at the end of each episode i just like really didn't feel like watching the next one (laughs) i'm just kind (laughs) of like okay like that was fine uh but eh, i don't know so my sort of takeaway from the whole thing was that i really liked the first three episodes and then the second three there's only six episodes of the show Mm -hmm. the second three episodes I was not that into, and I felt like the sixth one especially, I really just f- didn't enjoy very much at all. Um, the The courthouse one, too, was like a real low yeah. point where I was like, Ugh. Yeah. Well, they're all pretty um, high concept, which I appreciated, but I found that it also made the episodes pretty um, uneven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we want to go quickly through just like what the basic idea for the cartoon is because it's definitely not what the movie is um, at all. Yeah, so it's an episodic series um, where it's Jay, or I should, you know, Dante and Randall. (laughs) 
Jay and Silent Bob. Um, yes. Those are the only characters. They mentioned Caitlin in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But... And it's the original cast back, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Although I did find out from uh, from reading online that apparently the the villain of the show, um, I can't remember his name right Leonardo, now. Leonardo. 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 Um, apparently he was originally supposed to be Alan Rickman, which oh. makes sense because he looks like uh, Hans Gruber from he Die does. Hard. Yeah, he does kind of look like oh. him. But I guess basically they couldn't afford Alan Rickman because he's a huge <laughs> star. So they got Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. who I guess must have been in a little bit of a, a lull in his career at that time. Because of course <laughs> now he's like huge again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a pretty impressive uh, cast of guest stars on this show. I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin is pretty huge. They had James Woods in one episode. Yeah. Had, like Gilbert like, Gottfried. Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried. Gottfried. <laughs> I, I noticed, uh, and he wasn't actually famous at the time, but I noticed his voice and I had to double check in the credits to make mm-hmm. sure, but Brian Cranston was on this show. Oh, really? Oh, wow. yeah. No way. Who was he? Uh, I... He was the pilot in the outbreak episode, uh, and then I right. think he was also the oh. doctor in the <laughs> at the beginning of the one right after that. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, Malcolm in the Middle started that same year, so this was like oh, early right. pre-fame uh, Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. And then the the way the show goes about itself is they're still at the quick stop, but basically it's just like a cartoon where they go to different locations it's always like wacky and not very realistic it's very episodic nothing really matters one episode to the next um and a lot of like jumping around Mm -hmm. to like flashbacks and stuff like sort of family guy ish Mm -hmm. non sequiturs yeah and not like the movie clerks like at all the the only similarities really is like the delivery Mm -hmm. i think from the actors Mm -hmm. yeah the core concepts of the main characters, I think, is there. You know, Dante is a hapless loser, and Randall is like a jerk that's constantly getting him in yeah. trouble and fucking with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just taken to like a higher, like sort of sillier degree. Yeah, I do feel that Dante is a lot better in the show, a lot because it's clear that Veronica broke up with him in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> I I really liked um, how shit upon Dante was in this show. Uh, I liked uh, there's a scene where they showed all of his ex girlfriends having a picnic together, <laughs> having like their own reunion <laughs> stuff like that. Really worked for me. I like it when Dante uh, when Dante just gets totally shit on. Dante's more of a typical comedy protagonist here than in the movie, I think. You know, Definitely, he yeah. never gets laid. Nobody respects him. He has no power over <laughs> anybody. And he's not tragic. Mm-hmm. He is just like played completely, uh, completely as a comedic figure, which I think works a lot better. Yeah. One thing that they do really well that Kevin Smith has still not managed to do is that they make a funny joke about Silent Bob not saying anything. Yeah, oh. they did. At, yeah. at one point, Jay sucks in helium and then says some stuff, and then Bob sucks in helium and then doesn't say anything. <laughs> and like I laughed at it, and then I thought about it like yeah. a minute later, and I was like, wait, 
they made that funny. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. was like blown away, like, holy shit, I don't know what you could do. <laughs> yeah. Also in the in the one of the only funny parts of the court episode was when uh Silent Bob took the stand and Randall was like, Why doesn't he ever talk? And he didn't even swear on the on the Bible so he couldn't be he couldn't be testified. So and so his, his closing remarks was why the hell doesn't Silent Bob talk? <laughs> And it like it works. Like yeah. Kevin, I, maybe he'll figure it out, but I don't have high hopes. I don't think Kevin Smith was like he couldn't have been that involved in the series from just looking yeah. at it stylistically. And in a way, it accidentally reveals a lot more what the problems are with Kevin's movies when you see the same kind of situations being given over to other writers. Because mm-hmm. like. In this version, I noticed, too, that the sex jokes were actually funny this time. And even, like, I did have problems with some of the homophobia and racism and shit. Mm -hmm. But I got to say, like, we were talking about in um, with Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, that part of the problem with that movie is that it's very homophobic. Another part that's a problem is that the homophobic jokes aren't funny. This one actually did have a sequence that was kind of homophobic that I was laughing really hard at, which is, um, it was really funny where Dante is in the helicopter and the only way he can prevent the town from being bombed is by saying he's gay. So he, he says it. And then like the news is like local gay boy. (laughs) It's really, really funny. And then there's a, there's like a smaller story on the side with Vandal where it's like way hetero best friend (laughs) (laughs) really really funny and there's even like a a weird side joke thing where uh randall marries a man uh for a little while uh it's in a different episode and that one at first i didn't find it funny but then they went all the way with it Mm -hmm. and eventually it did become pretty funny like they actually know how to write jokes on this show yeah they really do (laughs) So the Randall marries a man episode is like uh, kind of also racist because it it's it, racist. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. extremely racist. Yeah. So he he thought he was ordering a male in bride, but really he got like a male in husband who was yeah. like Japanese and then he like served him or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was still like pretty funny cuz they didn't dwell on it. They didn't make you think about it more than like a few seconds and it was just over mm-hmm. yeah and they they escalated it to an extreme and then once it hit that extreme like the joke was over like these are pretty well crafted jokes and yeah. well crafted mm-hmm. episodes whereas if kevin was doing anything like that it would be a 10 minute sequence and there would be a monologue in the middle of it <laughs> and yeah silent bob would show up Confining clerks to uh, 22 minutes, uh, I think, is a good move because in TV comedy, the writing just has to be tighter. You can't like have like long drawn out shitty jokes like Kevin likes to do, even though I think a lot of the jokes are lame and fall flat. You know, you kind of just move right past them. Uh, Whereas in a Kevin Smith movie, you might have a lame joke falling flat for like five minutes straight and it's just awful. I said this earlier off mic, but uh, I did the math and these six episodes are like exactly two hours long, the whole series, which is shorter than the extended extended cut of Mallrats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So for any uh, 
any fans at home that are for some reason interested in watching Kevin Smith films after all these episodes we've done, I would recommend <laughs> watch the Clerks TV show instead. It's way more entertaining than almost any of the movies. Yeah. I laughed a lot mm-hmm. watching the show. Uh, I was surprised how, how funny I found it. Even if I did have problems. The one that really got me is Randall says something about Steven Spielberg or something. And the punchline is Flintstones list. <laughs> and yeah. I, I couldn't believe they put that in. That was a I, shocker. Me too. I was so shocked. <laughs> and so the the visual gag for this is they cut away to Fred Flintstone in like the Nazi uniform or whatever. And he orders a bunch of other Flintstones people onto a, a stone train. And then they all lift it up and their little feet carry them carry them away. <laughs> and like that is like sort of a very cliche and overdone joke, but it was really funny. Yeah. I wrote it down like this was funny, like in my notes, and I was like, that's a stupid fucking note. But yeah. it, but it made me think like that. So uh, I think a lot of the jokes are very simple and are even things that would show up in a Kevin Smith film, but they're just executed to a higher level than they are in the other films. Mm-hmm. You could edit down Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back to be the length of one of these movies. Yeah. Oh, one yeah. of these shows and it might yeah. be good yeah yeah probably not still but maybe <laughs> um the other thing i noticed that was a lot better in this was um the pop culture stuff which annoys me a lot in the kevin smith films often because it often just feels very distracting and indulgent but in this one it the pop culture shit actually kind of worked and the celebrity cameos and parodies really worked uh it, I don't, I'm not even sure why, except that it didn't dwell on them too much. And also they did a lot more to emphasize the environment versus the, the culture and the people they were talking about, like seeing the celebrities show up in New Jersey when they had that montage sequence yeah. was really good. And Patrick Swayze working as a, a janitor or something. Yeah. Another thing that it did that um that Kevin has failed to do <laughs> is that each episode would start with like a disclaimer. Uh it would be a little different every time, but it was short and it was like it wasn't that funny, but it was like haha. <laughs> and then Randall would say this is drawn in front of a live studio audience or this is drawn by a live studio audience and it'd be different every time mm-hmm. and it was a funny joke and it was short and Kevin has done that exact thing in his movies but like we talked about in Dogma it was like two fucking so, minutes long so lame it's, uh, yeah. I was like, is this an intermission or fucking something? It drove me insane because I was like, well I yeah. can't skip through it because, you know, I yeah. watch it for the podcast. Like, there just keeps being another card popping up in Dogma when they could have just stopped at the first one uh, mm-hmm. and it just keeps going. Yeah, all of these writers actually know how to write comedy. Like, in, adi- <laughs> in addition to Dave Mandel, they also got Brian Kelly, who is like one of the one of the like main writers for News Radio, which is my favorite show. Oh, cool! Oh, nice. And in that show, like you can see a a ton of News Radio within these episodes, like with the pop culture references and how they're mm-hmm. able to do like really silly stuff, but do it in a way that's like not like just corny and like just too off the wall they keep it like 
realistic to like a certain level like mm-hmm. they keep the characters like they have the characters be consistent but they let them do like basically whatever the fuck they want and i feel like that's the perfect way to write comedy for television yeah some more celebrity moments i just want to bring up really quickly i found uh maybe the one that encapsulated what i liked about the show so much was Jerry Seinfeld. Obviously not played by Jerry Seinfeld. That was really funny. <laughs> he shows up in the convenience store and starts trying to do bits. <laughs> and Randall uh, uh, or Dante, whoever's there, don't give a shit about him and just totally ignore him and tell him to get out. <laughs> um, also, I liked um, there's a sequence where uh, there's some visual gag, which is supposed to end with an image of, um, I think it's, uh, um, not Dennis Hopper, the guy from The Graduate, what's his name, Dustin Hoffman. And, and instead they end it with, um, a blank face <laughs> and they do this long thing where they're like, because of his lawsuits against us for using his likeness, we are not allowed to show uh, Dustin Hoffman in cartoon form or something. So the role of Dustin Hoffman will be played by Al Pacino. And it's just one frame. It's just like one visual gag. But the setup to it, like, it made it really funny. Uh, I don't. I, <laughs> I'm not really that impressed by these jokes. I think they're kind of lame. The Seinfeld thing was funny. I did like that's, that part. Yeah. That's that's probably the best one. I like that one a lot. Played by the great Gilbert Gottfried. Which is a hilarious person to cast for mm-hmm. Seinfeld, I think. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried does a Seinfeld impression on on stage and shit too. He Oh really? Well yeah, he apparently used to like be really mean to Seinfeld <laughs> when they were coming yeah. up together. He would Good. like do he would do an impression of him and make fun of him while he was there in the room and shit. Yeah. And Jerry would apparently like angrily pace around the bar, just be like, "Why is he doing an impression of me?" <laughs> so funny. Doing an impression of somebody like during the same comedy set as them—that's fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> that takes cool. massive balls to be like, "Okay, you guys might only know this guy from earlier tonight." <laughs> here's an impression it's it's really mean but knowing in the future that jerry seinfeld is like a multi-millionaire and he sucks it's like it makes it good yeah yeah Yeah. being mean to jerry seinfeld is cool generally just be mean to a lot of people in your life and then they might end up successful and then you can be like well (laughs) another name that i caught in the credits that i was surprised by and i don't even know who he played i just saw his name uh, and it was just in like listed in the addi- additional voices, not a special guest or anything. It was Al Franken. <laughs> Who did he play? Oh, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. But it was in the Outbreak episode. Uh, oh, Michael Michael McKeon was also in at least one episode with a very tiny uh, speaking part. Al Franken played the mayor, the one that was like dressed up in the costumes. Oh, Mayor McCheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay i i thought that bit was very funny too uh when the what was it's like the the mayor comes up and he's in the mayor mccheese outfit and he says uh i just came from a costume party and i can't unzip this and then later on the the chief of police <laughs> comes up with uh like an officer Mc, like officer, officer, <laughs> officer mccheese or officer mac or something mm. costume on and he's like yeah, i think it's big mac <laughs> yeah yeah it's like officer big mac 
Mac, and he says, um, I also just came from a costume party, coincidentally a different <laughs> one. <laughs> and and I can take off my costume, but I'm not going to because of uh, the uh, the infection that's going around. <laughs> See, these are all the kinds of jokes that I loved when I was like 11 or 12, whenever the show was on. And oh, now I, I just felt it's just weak to me. I just, it seemed funny at the time. But I don't know. The humor just doesn't age well for me. If I had a DVD of this when I was like any young age, like 10 years old or 15 years old, I probably would have watched it a bunch of times because it does hit that. It does hit that like uh, age of humor pretty well. Yeah. I think I kind of noticed watching it that this did come out before Family Guy influenced every single adult show where every adult where every adult cartoon show became a copy of Family Guy because it did feel like its own thing. It didn't just feel like another knockoff of the same formula. It feels a lot like Family Guy yeah. to me, to be honest. I don't totally see it because like, there are tons of Family Guy knockoffs right now that I just pretty much ignore. Like that one, it's it's like, a, uh, it's set in like a a park or something with like a oh, swearing bear or stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like oh, stuff that like that feels awful. Yeah. It so feels bad. so mm -hmm. derivative. Whereas this one felt like it was going for its own thing. And I didn't really see family guy in it as much as like uh clone high and even like Kim possible kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah. I didn't really see like much other adult cartoons in it like that much. Like I felt, it, it reminded me much more of the cartoons I watched when I was like a little teeny kid. Hmm. Mm -hmm. What it really reminded me of for some reason was another show that was on around at the around the same time that I loved as a kid and don't think aged that well. Have any of you seen the Dilbert cartoon? Oh yeah. There was a Dilbert it, cartoon? Yeah. It was no. probably right around 2000. I think it might've been on. It also didn't last very long. It was on UPN. UPN. And, yeah. Uh, and I loved it as a kid. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and I don't know if, if trying to watch that now is very similar to this for me, where I'm just like, uh, I don't know. This isn't really landing. Trevor, do you know who wrote that show? Besides Scott Adams? Uh, Larry, Larry Charles, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's sick. So, yeah. Maybe I should watch that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not great. I don't know. It's kind of funny, but... Uh, it's a lot of similar, same kind of humor that I think is on this show, so yeah. maybe you'll like it. Yeah, I remember it being fine when I watched like seven years ago, but I haven't seen it since. So <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the uh, the the Wikipedia article for Clerks the Animated Show right now, mm -hmm. and something interesting I just noticed is that that Flintstones list joke that we were talking about actually did not air on tv oh that makes sense that was only on like the home release version <laughs> of according to this and maybe the comedy central broadcast too but yeah because that joke does stand out as like one of the darkest <laughs> but also one of the funniest yeah as a kid i think the second episode where they do the fake clip show thing i think that was so funny to me and now that feels like kind of a 
you know, a joke that's been done a million times. But like yeah. the idea of doing the second episode as a clip show and then repeatedly cutting back to the same clip <laughs> from the first episode, the why are we walking like this <laughs> bit where they do, where they do the yeah. Batman and Robin rope thing. Like that that that's like a thing that honestly just gets funnier the more times they cut to it. Yeah. <laughs> why why are we walking like this? <laughs> it's so, such a stupid moment that they keep cutting to. That episode is like, that's the only reason I had heard of Clerks, the animated series, was because that episode actually gets brought up a lot because I think that not any other show, or at least not any show that I'm aware of, had done that joke at that time. Like, it was a pretty novel idea and uh, fits in pretty well with the rest of the meta stuff that they're trying to do. Mm Yeah, this was like when meta comedy was still like an interesting thing to do and wasn't like pushed into the ground by like fucking Dan Harmon. Uh-huh. Oh God, Dan Harmon. Oh. <laughs> I, I like Dan Harmon. This show but... is sort of like the Rick and Morty of its time, uh, you might say. It requires a very high IQ to watch. Yeah, this, this cartoon is for teams. more intelligent people. It's kind of a smart <laughs> show. Can you imagine, like, they release this special sauce at fucking 7-Eleven and a bunch of dweebs show up pissed <laughs> off that it's out because of the Clerks animated series? <laughs> so the Clerks animated series did do a good job of translating so many elements that we've come to know of the Kevin Smith style Um, his aesthetic, even his worldview. I think we'd be remiss if we talked about this cartoon, though, and didn't talk about a very significant thing it carried over, which is um, racism and homophobia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) The weird thing with the racism was that it wasn't really funny ever. Whereas other stuff, the homophobia, like, it was definitely there, but I feel like most of the time it was funny, at least. Yeah. Not that I don't know if that gives it a Hit pass or, or whatever, but like there were a lot of bits that I noticed that weren't necessarily overtly racist, but it's just that it was almost like the joke was that like there are black people like mm-hmm. the uh-huh. when the whole jury at the at the trial is like basketball players and Dante is <laughs> like, oh, they're all black, you know, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like what's the joke what's the joke here (laughs) and then like they take it further where somebody tells them in fact a character they introduced at a previous episode to be the black character lando Mm -hmm. lando they called him lando because he's the token (laughs) black guy it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be a meta joke about racism (laughs) kind of in the episode he was introduced in they i thought it was pretty funny like they never let him talk it was sort of another meta joke and then they bring him back for this one. He's like, well, you got to relate to him. And then Randall goes up yeah, to the jury yeah. and just like lists <laughs> off black stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. felt rough. Yeah, that was really I, rough. I like, yeah, oh, I really t- didn't Talks like about that. grape soda and shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I, I agree. Uh, I did laugh when there is a scene where they're going to get into a helicopter and they call for Lando to be the the pilot but then it turns out to be another lando that they're calling upon who's like a very stereotypical looking white guy like still that is kind of funny because it's very meta but yeah the the jury scene was really rough all the stuff with uh with the egyptians Mm -hmm. was was rough too even if it did have a 
pretty decent gag at like the very end it wasn't really worth it like that episode wasn't too good yeah. uh, i i do agree that like the homophobic stuff at least in this case it was just as homophobic as kevin smith's films mm-hmm. but at least it was more clever and funny sometimes and often it did do the thing that kevin smith thinks he's doing where it was more um satire of the characters mindsets more than yeah yeah. more than just being gay is funny uh but the racism stuff was much more prevalent than it was in say like chasing amy which had some weird racial stuff going on but was a little more under the surface at least i don't know about that (laughs) i mean (laughs) not under the surface but not like explicitly said by the characters like less like intentional i'll say that i also have to say the bit with all of randall's ex-girlfriends being lesbians i thought was bad (laughs) i didn't really care for it that Uh, was kind of bizarre the fact that and like they were all uh voiced by men Mm -hmm. just had like these really deep voices and that was a little uh weird yeah not that funny so i felt like i was noticing that stuff more like in the later episodes and it felt Uh like in the later episodes they were trying to be more adult almost and it it worked against them really um in in the sixth episode they like explicitly address the audience and say oh we heard you wanted us to be more like the movie because they really had nothing in common except the characters Mm -hmm. and then so they like bring back a bunch of stuff or fake out bringing back to back a bunch of stuff in that and then that's why I think like the sixth one I really didn't like because it was just like well no that I I don't like this show because I like Clerks, I like this show because I don't really like Clerks that much <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. better than yeah. Clerks. The episode with the basketball players in particular I found disappointing because the setup for the episode had a lot of promise and immediately what I start thinking of is one of the best Simpsons episodes where um, Mr. Burns. Uh, has the baseball team. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That was a great one. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was going to be that kind of a thing. Um, and they even, I think, make like a Simpsons reference maybe during that episode. Um, <clears throat> but then they don't really utilize the basketball players that well. Uh, they just become they just become kind of props in the episode mm-hmm. more than characters yeah. themselves. Except for one very good bit I did like where they get into the elevator and they start immediately talking about the trial and then they get out and you see that Dante and Randall were standing in there the whole time yeah. and they go, do you think they were talking about us? Like That was pretty good. But besides that, it was like a really weirdly weak episode. Yeah, It's interesting that so much, there's so much basketball stuff in this show and whereas where we all know Kevin loves hockey. He mm-hmm. loves to put hockey yeah. stuff in his movies, but there isn't really any hockey in here. It's all basketball mm-hmm. players. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of the court episode, can I tell you what one of the co-writers of the episode Steve Luckner is up to now. Absolutely. What's he up to? Uh, so if you go to his Twitter, which is at Luckner, 
Uh, he, his bio is news anchor and founder of Agenda Free TV, specializing in breaking news. <laughs> and when you go to oh boy, Agenda Free TV, Oof. their handle or their bio is the best live breaking news coverage anywhere without an agenda. Neither Republican nor oh Democrat, neither left nor right. This is Agenda Free TV. Enlightened centrist, <laughs> exactly what I want. The pure, unbiased view. That's de- that's definitely some right wing shit, though, mm-hmm. right? Oh, like, for sure. It, it can be like, oh, not left or right, but that that no agenda is like a right wing line yep. that they like to yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Glad to see he, you know, he went somewhere with his career. <laughs> he's he's working. Happy for him. So. Do we have anything else to say about the animated series? No, I don't think too much. No. I feel pretty good yeah. about it. I like, I just enjoyed not having to watch a Kevin Smith movie. I, like, I honestly, like, I, I don't watch that much TV or movies just because I have, find it hard to pay attention. And then, like, having to watch something that I, like, is actually not that bad yeah. was, like, pretty nice for me. Yeah, I'll say I really enjoyed this as just a, a breather from the rest of the. The stuff that we've watched, you know, we watched uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, and that was really closing out phase one of Kevin. <laughs> and then this was like a nice breather in between phase one and two, where we got to see still something in the Viewsk universe, but with a different voice to it. And in my opinion, it was a lot funnier than the other films that we've that we've watched so i recommend it i think it's pretty good i agree like especially like the first two episodes like the pilot and then like the clip show in the freezer those two are like Mm. the funniest like that joke with um jay uh and jay and bob being like hey remember when we jumped into the freezer (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) my favorite episode was the outbreak episode and I just want to mention one last bit from that that I kept on thinking of, which is they ask um, Dante to um, explain his full sexual history in detail. <laughs> and then they stop him and, and they say, uh, to write this down, we're going to bring in uh, two attractive giggling girls. <laughs> two girls come in. For him to tell his whole sexual history too, that was my favorite episode. I, I like that one a lot. Yeah, it's real good. I think that was my favorite too. I uh, I don't like it. Uh, I wouldn't watch it again. Uh-huh. It's better. It's better than the movies. Uh, I would say um, <laughs> if you needed absolutely needed to watch some kind of Kevin Smith thing, <laughs> you know, watch the out watch the outbreak episode. Skip the other ones. They're not very good. Uh, the outbreak one's kind of funny. Uh, um, watch that and uh, you'll get the idea it's enough Trev I was so certain I thought we'd have this pair of episodes where you know last week we got brought more onto your don't, side don't shame the dark me. side <laughs> and then this week I was sure you would enjoy it and be brought more onto the light side of I Kevin's tried week. I tried okay I wanted to like it <laughs> I kind of liked it in parts but I can't lie to our audience they trust me to tell them the truth and i can't pretend that it was better than just kind of okay we do have some journalistic integrity to maintain as critics as uh scholars of the viewisk universe i'm i'm like hillary clinton people want my authentic unvarnished views (laughs) 
<laughs> I respect all of you because you are like the agenda-free TV guy. Because you yes, all... exactly. Yes. Agenda-free yes. podcast. That's what. That's oh, what that's we should a good branding. Yeah. There's no yeah. agenda in this podcast. Well, I well, I think me and Trev are kind of like the right and left wing of Kevin Smith, and then Ted is like the uh, the Dave Rubin, the uh, enlightened centrist. <laughs> but. Unless like Dave Rubin, I'm like when they pick a guy off the street and he doesn't know anything, and they're like, "Hey, what do you think?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I feel like that's me because I I, don't, I haven't seen any of these fucking movies before. I don't really look into them at all. Okay, so for this week, we did a little bit of a mix up because we first watched what I think is a much improved version of the Clerks comedy style with the Clerks animated series, and then we also watched what I think is maybe the worst version of Clerks that we've seen, which is the Clerks live action pilot, a lost episode of television. We just, I just randomly stumbled upon on YouTube and felt we had to talk about. Completely unredeemable. Like nothing, not even anything bad that I can like be interested in. Just (laughs) so bland and like upsetting to me because i was like i this will be like interesting after watching the animated series just it was like it was like a dream version of an episode of like a 90s sitcom like where mm-hmm. it it doesn't quite fit and it's the edges aren't very clear yeah just like hard to even explain i i was so upset watching this because of how nothing it was mm-hmm. I uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> you're you're joking. No, it's not good, obviously, but <laughs> I don't agree that it's really significantly worse than any no, of Kevin's come movies. Come on, it's come on. <laughs> it's just it's just a bad, lame '90s sitcom humor. It doesn't really like. It's like whatever. It just sucks. Mm-hmm. It's not good. I agree with you on that a lot, but I think that that is just like more disgusting to me is that it's so bland and so like devoid of any sort of creativity or anything. I like that they added an ice cream guy uh, and the ice cream guy is just there like eating an ice cream while while they're, you know, it adds some. It adds hey, a for the tanning to the lady. Yeah, oh yeah. My God. <laughs> I think it's far worse than uh, than Kevin's than Kevin's films, except for maybe Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Maybe mm-hmm. no, this didn't even seem like a that's professional already, production. That's it's already really such bad. a low bar. Okay, so <laughs> Ke- some of Kevin's movies don't seem like professional productions either. <laughs> but also, true, this fair. is like by the standards of like a a 90s sitcom like for what TV was like back then this is it's i would say it's below average but like mm-hmm. on a skit like rating Kevin Smith's movies as a film as films are terrible it's an incredibly <laughs> low bar they're dog shit uh, and this is like it's a bad show but it's bad in the way that tv in the 90s was bad yeah. it's like not really exceptionally bad yeah uh, Val- valerie did you enjoy the live action clerks tv show i did not <laughs> i was hoping we might have like a wild card i thought i thought jim brewer was pretty good as randall jim brewer uh, doing his funny. his best jim carrey impression <laughs> So we should so we should say that none of the original actors are in this. It's all yeah. new actors. Uh, there are only three remaining or three returning characters. 
Randall, Dante, and Veronica mm-hmm. from the first Clarks. Well, let me give some context here, because I think the context of it makes it more interesting. Uh, apparently, Kevin Smith wasn't involved at all no, with no. this show and didn't even know that they were making it. And if you pay close attention, you'll notice that Jay and Silent Bob aren't in it because <laughs> Kevin owned the rights to Jay and Silent Bob oh. because he wanted to make like a movie with them or something eventually. But he didn't own the rights to the other characters. But if you pay close attention, there is a character which is basically Jay, Named but Ray. they call him Ray. Ray. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I picked up on that. I was like, oh, he's like the Jay. But instead of being a stoner, he's like a kid that's trying to buy beer all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, very beer. weird. Yeah, like a shoplifter. I didn't recognize I didn't recognize any of the characters. Like I, I kind of picked up on Dante and then like from context clues, I could like be like, oh, I guess that's Veronica. But Randall, I didn't even, I didn't pick up on who that I was. I like that Dante was just like a kind of normie, like TV handsome guy. Like mm-hmm. it yeah. seems yeah. nothing like Dante <laughs> in the movie. If they didn't have the same names, it would be impossible to tell who was which because they're all exactly the same. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Jim Brewer was pretty clearly like, you know, it was pretty obvious that he's supposed to be Randall. Yeah, you could kind of see that with like how like uh, how he was trying to like do the Randall thing of just trying to be like just a like cynical like asshole like all the time. But like with like the Dante, there's really no similarity between that guy's Dante and Brian O'Haller and Dante, like they're like completely different characters. Like I don't think that the clerks, the the movie clerks guy would ever like do like a crime intentionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's too scared to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, they tried to make him a little more cool. I think. And here's here's like what I found the most interesting about it, and this is something that um I actually saw brought up on Twitter about Clerks the movie. And how weird it feels to watch now because realistically, like in today's economy, Dante is actually not in that bad of a position having this job and having the ability to go to college and all that. And that's not something I really picked up on watching Clerks originally. But in this version, it jumps out so much Mm -hmm. because not only does he have this job, he seems to be basically like running this store and is able to do whatever he wants with it and then the big twist of the episode like his big tragedy is that he seems to be going for like a really good job at an insurance company and i was like damn if any of my friends right now could score a gig like that they would be over the moon If the the particular Gen X perspective of this show was so uh, so pervasive, and I found that to be the most interesting part. Yeah, it's the classic uh, '90s idea that working in an office is the worst thing that can ever happen to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like his, because his dad was trying. His dad was basically trying to hook him up with a job. It seemed like yeah, like his, <laughs> and and it's like and like. All of his friends are like offended and insulted by the idea that he would leave his shitty uh, store job to go work in an mm-hmm. office and make decent money. And it's like, what the hell, man? Like, why, why wouldn't you want that? Mm-hmm. That's so much better. And his and his store job 
also doesn't seem that shitty. Like, it doesn't seem like he's in a bad position in life at all. So it's hard to sympathize with him in any way. The way that it set it up was just so much more bizarre because the stakes didn't feel like that high. Like, oh, he's going to go get a job at an insurance company. Like, it seemed like in the same town. Like, it, it was just really bizarre to me. The, from beginning to end, there yeah. was, like, no stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they were saying, like, uh, Jim Brewer's being like, hey, hey, you couldn't, like, hang out with me doing this or that. And it's like, yeah, he could. He just wouldn't be, like, also <laughs> working at the same time. Yeah, and they also removed what I didn't realize at the time, but, like, I, I now do see is r- kind of the thing that holds clerks together dramatically, at least, which is that... um which is that Dante just has a mental block that as they talk about in the movie, as much as he whines and complains and all this stuff, at the end of the day, he chooses to remain in the same spot. And that's kind of what gives the whole movie its uh, tension. That's why he's not going to college. That's why he hasn't progressed in life and all that. But this version of Dante doesn't have that. He takes the job. Like he actually does move on. So how in any way does this have like any emotional connection to Clerks and the character of Dante? Well, he doesn't he doesn't take the job. But it's because Randall and his girlfriend like insist that he doesn't. Like they well, demand That's what I meant. Is that yeah. like Dante is pushing to get the job and Randall is holding him back, which is the opposite dynamic. It's supposed to be Dante is uh, a whiny shithead that is preventing himself from succeeding. And Randall's the one who finally tells him like, look, dude, you just got to get your act together. Like, honestly, the, the, the idea is that it's like his dad is pushing him. Uh, to do it and it's not really what he wants i don't think that they conveyed that very well but i think the idea is that randall uh knows like what he what he really wants he knows like you don't want to go be a working stiff at an office or whatever like that's not you because randall is his friend and he really gets him i think that's what's supposed to be happening I much prefer the animated version of uh, Dante's parents who seem to just be like, (laughs) his dad just seems like a a very lazy alcoholic who doesn't give a shit about his son. (laughs) And that makes more sense to me. There's no comparing these two things because the, like the show is an attempt at doing clerks and kind of playing it straight, but it's for TV. So they can't really be very raunchy and they can't say cuss words and stuff which is really honestly what makes you know clerks work at all Mm -hmm. like the fact that it's an r-rated and then in the cartoon it's also for tv but they go a different way and it's like a wacky Uh high concept thing but this like it just this uh, clerks pilot the live action one it just has nothing because it doesn't have either thing you know Uh it's not it's not animated so they can't really do like it can't really uh, be- make it as over the top, but it also doesn't really have like the R-rated raunchy element. There's just really nothing to it that's any good. It feels just like a just a yeah, just a really lame uh, sitcom that has nothing uh, special about it, and it's pretty obvious why it never got picked up mm-hmm. to a yeah. series. And and Kevin Smith 
hates it, as does like the the rest of the clerks cast. Like they all really, really dislike it, and we're very happy that it didn't get uh, picked up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I still don't think Clerks is a good movie, or that any of his movies are very good. So, like, I don't really <laughs> care. Like, it's whatever. Like, they tried to make a bad TV show out of a bad movie, and it didn't work. Imagine if they made a Marit sitcom. They tr- he tried. He tried Kevin to. Kevin wanted to. He wanted. Yeah. He wanted to make like a prestige. Like a fucking Showtime like miniseries uh-huh. really? out of Mallrats oh. too, but yeah. nobody would pick it up. No one wanted to make it, so he abandoned. Of and now he's working again on writing a different Mallrats sequel, apparently. Uh-huh. But uh, I doubt that it's ever going to get made. Nobody wants no. to produce a Mallrats sequel. <laughs> uh, you know what? The closest thing I think is to like a live action clerks type of comedy is that a uh, canadian comedy uh corner gas like oh. that's kind of how i would picture a clerks uh live action comedy going down uh whereas this version of it feels much more like um like a really bad version of that 70s show yeah yeah it does yeah. kind of feel like that yeah well I believe Valerie has something for us for uh, this week's Kevin's Receipts. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, let's start the video in a second and I'll watch it. Hey, man, Kevin Smith. Jason Mewes. <laughs> uh, we are here at Jay and Silent Bob Secret Stash, our comic book store in Red Bank, New Jersey. This guy right here, man, a couple weeks back, I had the talk with him. This is what I said to him. I said, hey, you're getting dad bod. If we go make this movie, we're making a Jay and Silent Bob movie. We have switched roles like Freaky Friday. That'll ruin the movie. People expect yeah, certain that. things. I said, but there's a way out of this, man. You can find your way out of the dark. Here's a flashlight. And I gave it to him, and it was the Weight Watchers app. I said, join me! I have known this fool for the better part of 30 <laughs> years, and we've done everything together, so it only makes sense is this a Weight that now we're doing yes. Weight Watchers together. Oh, my, oh my God, God, it is. Order from movies if you could kids meal because i'd always want that toy surprise on weight watchers you could go to movies and have a a, a movie meal they just cut him talking still fit in your points you <laughs> he definitely said more after that they cut it out zero that's right but don't eat the toy surprise no don't do so that. many have tried what what that, that made me sad oh <laughs> wait <laughs> So Kevin Smith, he's he's saying that Jason Mewes got too fat and that he had to lose weight. Yeah, I for think the that's Silent a joke. Movie. But but like one thing I have noticed: anytime that Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, not in character, are talking, it's all Kevin Smith doing the oh, fucking yeah. talking, and yeah. Jason Smith. Or, <laughs> God, I do this every fucking episode. God damn it! Okay. And Jason Mewes, like <laughs> standing there looking like 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 you know when you see somebody and they're like trying to say something but they never like actually make a sound. It's yeah. always like that, and it's just like Kevin seems like the kind of dude who never shuts the fuck up. Mm-hmm. That may be why it was a good decision for him to be silent, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that absolutely. might have helped the dynamic quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. This video made me sad to watch. Even as Silent Bob, he has to give himself like fucking long monologues in almost every movie. Yeah. There's also a comment. Oh. Would you like to hear the comment? The like, caption? Right. Please oh, hear God. It. Yeah, go okay. for it. Uh, from that, from Ask That Kevin Smith. 
It's hashtag National Friendship Day. Me and my bestie at J Muse have been hetero life mates for over 30 years, oh, and yeah. we want to keep that going until we're in a restaurant together in our 90s. So I've been living a healthier way of life on Weight Wa- on Ad Weight Watchers, and Jay was so impressed and inspired by my res- by my results. He just joined me on the program. The best gift you can give any friend is more time to spend with them. And Ad Weight Watchers oh, yeah. now has an invite a friend feature in the app where you can invite your friends oh, to join you too check the link in my bio to find out more or visit my <laughs> day in the ww app if you're a member hashtag ww ambassador hashtag weight watchers hashtag ww freestyle <laughs> <laughs> hashtag jmuse hashtag jay and silent bob secret stash hashtag jay and silent bob jay and silent bob reboot hashtag national friendship day hashtag ad oh my god i get the i get the vibe that like kevin smith is more into their like friendship than he is <laughs> like yeah it, it, jason muse is in such a weird position where his like career is sort of completely dependent on kevin smith mm-hmm. so it like yes. it almost seems like he's obligated to like be around him and shit i want to put this as delicately as possible because they are both real people <laughs> They've been friends for a long time. I, 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 I don't want to say anything too out of line, but their friendship has gotten progressively less cute over time. I'll put it that way. Yes. Well, he's Kevin has always been the one in the high status position. Like yeah. he's always yeah. has always had power over him, and that's going on. Yeah over 25 fucking years now Mm -hmm. like that's such a weird kind of relationship to have and in clerks and even mole rats too there was such a great energy to jason muse because it felt very natural and watching clerks it feels like somebody's friend helping them out on their little home movie but once you get into these high budget productions, it stops being that casual thing anymore. And like we talked about with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I felt kind of uncomfortable watching at times because it didn't feel like that natural friendship. It felt like Kevin is the boss and he didn't seem in character as much as he seemed to be like watching Jason Mew's performance. Yeah. And with this video here, it's it's ne- like now I see why I was ha- why I was having those feelings because it's that dynamic completely. So I, I actually watched this video of them talking. I don't know why it, it just came up on my YouTube thing, and I was like, I'll click this. And w- what struck me is that like Kevin talks about he's known Jason Mew since he was like a child. Mm-hmm. Jason yeah. Muse was the kid. I don't know if this is a universal experience or not, but there's always like one kid that you know that like seems like he lives in the woods and like just yeah. is on a totally different level than everybody else. Like, and Jason Muse was that kid. Like, people had spread rumors about him that he like fucked a dog or something, mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff like that. And I knew kids like that growing up, and then that's how they became friends. And part of that was like, oh, that's sweet. And then I thought like oh, maybe Kevin just had him around because he did funny things. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. they keep talking about that. And it is that. But then there is like a weird like level of admiration Kevin has for Uh Jason Mewes where like 
the balance is so strange and I don't know how to interpret it really because talking about him, there's like a very genuine like love and respect for Jason Muse that then doesn't come out like in their work together almost. Mm-hmm. Huh. It, it, very weird and super just like, it not I don't want to say like, taking advantage of him but sort of like yeah no know. kind of the, the power dynamic is is really over sure but you're also right that like there is also something genuine underneath it like we do know that kevin did help jason muse through his addiction problems like through a really rough time in his life but there's just something off about the power dynamic that gets more uncomfortable as uh kevin's career like keeps on going yeah, it's kind of like uh, Kevin sort of seized on this chaotic energy that Jason Muse has in order to kind of propel himself uh, to success as a <laughs> as a filmmaker. And mm-hmm. uh, because Jay is by far, you know, the best part of Clerks and the standout character and a big part of the yep. reason that it was so popular. And he knew that, which is why he like <laughs> put him in six or seven more movies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, there's something about it that's very uh, odd to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something that's just not quite right. But but also, like, it's not just that Kevin's putting him in his movies because he is... Um, it's not just a bank on him. I, I don't think, like, that's that becomes part of it because they're, he is a fan favorite. But also, I think, at least starting out, it was a genuine attempt by Kevin to keep people in his circle like he keeps on bringing back um brian o'hallory or whatever his name is like there is something genuine there too um it just feels less genuine as time goes on and i i just don't know what to make of it and i think that that's something that's like very kevin where he is just like more normal than most people who make movies like normal that's the word you're using to describe him as normal i mean yeah like (laughs) he is not a normal man i'm sorry no no, he absolutely is normal people are like kevin smith they contradict themselves a lot they like try to do the right thing and fuck up constantly um and and they sometimes take advantage of their friends even though they really like Mm -hmm. love them and admire them I agree. Mm-hmm. I understand what you mean, but I just wouldn't describe him as normal. He's a freak to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's a normal man. I think he's a normal too. Also, you guys, you you're assuming a lot, but you don't really know what he's like in private. You know? <laughs> no, it's it's That's true. true. Definitely. You're projecting all of these good natured <laughs> qualities onto him. Like for all you know, when the camera goes off. Kevin's face could totally change and he starts just screaming at Jason Mewes saying like you're a fucking monkey you're a useless fucking monkey you don't know what he's like behind the scenes you just don't (laughs) that's I guess (laughs) Valerie do you do you have anything to add to this since you brought this uh, clip to our attention (laughs) Uh, yeah I feel like it's just like it, it it does feel like strange for him to be like, "Hey Jay, we're we're gonna do an <laughs> ad right now," and J- so, Jason's like, "Okay, fine, whatever you want." Ugh. In in the video that I watched, it's him and Jay promoting their movie, and Kevin talks 
through all of it and and, and in that one yeah. it doesn't even look like jay wants to talk like he's just hanging out <laughs> and then he goes into this thing where like he says that jay was really is nervous around a lot of people and cameras and stuff and so like when they shot a lot of his scenes and clerks they had to like get everybody out except for the guy manning the camera jay and silent bob before he could be himself and he's he's like agreeing with it and it, it seems normal it's just like you know sometimes you meet two people and one of them doesn't talk that much whereas in this it seems super forced and weird and Mm -hmm. it is an ad so maybe that is but like (laughs) there is this weird dynamic when when they're not in character bob does (laughs) kevin does all the talking keep on doing it well yeah i mean stop i i think that's the kind of guy he is you know i think a lot about um the uh i don't know if we've talked about this before but like a few year a few years ago when batman vs superman came out a bunch of people like asked him about like you know his friendship with ben affleck and shit and he was saying uh you know that they don't really hang out they're not really tight anymore and he said that the reason for that was because ben affleck's wife at the time jennifer garner didn't appreciate his sense of humor because apparently Not he's surprised. always like insulting uh, Ben and saying mean things about him, and it's cool because they're <laughs> friends. But Jennifer Jennifer Garner wasn't into it, and when I hear that story, I immediately put myself in Jennifer Garner's shoes and imagine <laughs> yeah. that like this fucking troll of a man, this child <laughs> is in my house, and he won't and he won't shut the fuck up and he just keeps mm-hmm. like calling like your husband like gay and shit and like making <laughs> making like you know like the jokes in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back where it's like oh there's another hooker in Ben Affleck's trailer or whatever just fucking immature jokes all the time yeah. and just being like I want this freak out of my house please stop bringing him here <laughs> uh trev uh you were uh fairly critiquing our projection on kevin but i i do want to say that i think um part of our journey here is slowly collecting all these pieces of kevin's of kevin lore kevin and lore. trying to decipher uh trying to read the tea leaves and figure out uh, what's going on with Kevin and with last week and, and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and then this commercial too. I'm starting to get a deeper portrait of Kevin the man, uh, a more complex <laughs> view of him. And I'll say it's not um, it's not improving um, my, my overall yeah. uh, opinion of him. <laughs> Before we go, there is one quick thing that I think I need to read because multiple people actually sent this to us, the recent post from <laughs> Kevin. Uh, as as we all know, Kevin's a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh-huh. uh, just recently, as we're recording this, they dropped a little teaser trailer for all their upcoming uh, <laughs> uh shows on disney plus god can you imagine how excited kevin must have been when he heard that disney was buying marvel oh so so fucking stoked oh, no. and, must have been and over the moon just so how epic how, bacon. how many how many lunch <laughs> how many lunch meetings do you think he's talked himself into with like lower level marvel producers <laughs> Just, just begging to like direct anything. Like I'll do anything. Let Please. him. Honestly, let him. Oh, God. He's, he's like going up to like um Kevin Kevin Feige's uh like 
personal assistant, the dude who gets him coffee and shit like that, and be like, "Hey, pal, uh, you know, I've been working on this uh, this concept here. You got showing up on sets for like unprompted visits that he wasn't invited to. Like how, like how did he know we were here? What is he doing here? Hey, any chance I could get a, a cameo here?" <laughs> Oh yeah, because he did. He was a stormtrooper in one of the JJ Star Wars That's movies. True. God, they could, they couldn't fucking keep him away from that set. And this, just like someone walking up to Taika Waititi and being like, "He's here again." Oh he won't stop playing with the hammer. <laughs> okay, just just go get Chris Hemsworth to talk to him for like two minutes max. Chris can't afford more than that, and that'll satisfy him. Okay. Kevin absolutely has a picture of himself holding the actual Thor hammer prop <laughs> yes. they use in the yeah. movie, and you know what? Good for him. <laughs> All right. Well, re- real quick, yeah. this is Kevin's uh, reaction to the uh, the the new Marvel trailer. It is by at Marvel Studios alone I set my mind in motion. It is by the juice of Fagy that thoughts acquire speed. The lips acquire ass-kissing stains. The stains become an advertisement. It is by at Marvel alone I set my mind in motion. My God, these shows can have my whole heart. No, God. like so. All the, in response to a thirty-second video that shows you almost nothing about these shows that honestly look like shit to me personally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. the Wandavision give, could be good, but it won't be. That these this ad gives you like nothing, and Kevin is watching that and being like, "Holy shit! I just jizzed in my freaking <laughs> pants, dude. That was fucking epic." It is by the juice of Fagy that thoughts acquire speed. <laughs> I cannot handle thinking of that. The juice, like I just picture Kevin Fagy and imagining what the juice like. <laughs> there's juice coming off of him. And Kevin's just down on his knees, eagerly lapping up. Such a fucking revolting concept and juice of Fagy. God. Like, you already sent me this, and I I saw it, and I, like, managed to successfully not think about it. I've been doing a lot of not thinking about things, like, I glossed over it the first time, and now I'm really looking at it. it Oh, my God. You know, I I think uh, it makes a lot more sense to me, and also it's a lot more funnier to me. Now, thinking about the fact that Kevin did used to work for Disney, technically, if if Miramax was under Disney, and now he is not really part of that inner circle anymore, and he just spends his time, like, orbiting (laughs) instead. That that brings into clarity... (laughs) the the certain tone that his posts yeah. have when it comes to the MCU. It's not just a fan. It's someone who is like just outside of that world. The uncut gems meme where Sandler is like like, oh not this fucking guy. Do not let him in, you hear me? Do not let him in. <laughs> That's Bob Iger every day with fucking Kevin Smith. <laughs> An incredibly dark thought entered my brain just now. Disney legends, Kevin Smith. Oh, God. (laughs) 
I love I love the idea of I'm, my mind is still on Uncut Gems. I rewatched on Sunday. <laughs> Listeners at home, if you haven't watched Uncut Gems, it's good. So it. good. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm imagining Kevin as one of those little bald guys that follows Adam Sandler yeah. around, just showing up. Uh, like Bob Iger or whoever on the street with like his script in hand, <laughs> and like Bob, you t- you told me you would uh, you told me you would read this, so Bob, <laughs> you got a you got a minute. Oh. But of course, we're all just having some laughs here, Kevin. If you're listening, not me, because I know that I know that Kevin uh, recently responded to I a don't. post with like nine likes on it, which uh, I I retweeted one of his tweets and i said kevin if you want to come on the show please dm us <laughs> so i just want to say kevin if you're listening no. to this as your first episode this you is satire not, we're all welcome. having a laugh you're kevin come on the show, on the show buddy. do not trev is doing a bit Stop where listening. he pretends not to like kevin, you i'll mute trev <laughs> trev's mic when he calls you slurs this is uh, violent you're doing violence to me right now i'll do violence <laughs> to trevor fucking to gaslighted on my we'll, own show we'll give you like Bullshit. your your fair shot dude this is, you know, there's no agenda on this show. So if you want to come in and, and speak your case, I am all for it, buddy. Kevin, if you're listening, I'm a character like Bug Main. So, yes. <laughs> Valerie's a character Spittle like Bug Main. Um, I'm real, I think. <laughs> Kevin, if you're listening, turn it off and never listen again. This isn't for you. Um, conflicting viewpoints, but that's what makes us such a good show because we really show. <laughs> Uh, you know every every perspective on on Kevin Smith. We 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 do need to try and get somebody that like actually really likes his movies. Not, I don't think that's necessary because I the, think it would be fun. I thought I was going to be that. Don't person. think it would be fun to talk to someone with a fucking baby brain. So I don't know. <laughs> Valerie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Do do you have anything you want to plug before we go? Yeah. um, I stream occasionally on Twitch, twitch.tv slash stealingvalerie. Uh, I have a letterbox, same uh, username, (laughs) same username on everything. So, yeah, find me wherever. I have... Stealing Valerie is a great name. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, oh. I, I was really happy that it, was, it wasn't taken, like, when I thought of it. <laughs> like, as soon as I thought of the stealing, stealing Valor puns were, like, a thing I could do all the time, it was like, yes, Valerie has to be my name. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie, are you still doing the streams with the Kevin Smith Occasionally, book? yeah. <laughs> we're going to need to have you back on to talk about that book. We didn't even get to that uh, this time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, really actually interested in that because I, yeah. I think that there is something that I, I don't think any of the three of us have the mental fortitude no to like way. stare that no, deep not, into the not reading because, that because uh, Trev hates Kevin too much and and I can't read so <laughs> I I can read but I'm against it yeah. like I, I'd much rather have an, an expert it. like Valerie come in and do a book report for us so yeah. I don't yes. have to read it. thanks again valerie thank you so much really Uh, that was a a special kind of dark post that you brought for us yeah yeah that was really something (laughs) i guess thank you (laughs) 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 okay okay bye everybody Bye. Bye. bye rolling down the street 
smoking dildo, sipping on faggy juice. Got me some sequins jeans. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. Now this type of shit happens all the time. You gotta get yours before I gotta get mine. Everything is fine when you're listening to the DOG. I got the cultivating music that be captivating me. Who listens to the words that I speak as I take me a drink to the middle of the street and get to Mac into this bitch named Shady. Shady. She used to be the homeboy's lady. 80 degrees when I tell that bitch, please raise up off these in you.